1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
2: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Washington and Oregon in a great top 10 tilt. The game, of course, is uh, uh, Softy Moller. Dave Softy Moller, KJR in Seattle. Get ready. Stick your head in the tank of gasoline. Let's light it with a match. Softy. It's a great game. It's a great year for the Pac-12. How pumped up is everybody in Seattle right now?
0: Uh, Yeah, a little excited, man. This is the first time ever in the history of the Oregon UW rivalry. there's been a game with two top-ten teams, and it's going to be the last one ever as Pac-12 teams. So go figure, man. Uh, 100-plus years, Smokey, of playing this game, and it took them until the last year ever of the Pac-12 Conference to finally play a couple games as a top-ten team, and that's what you'll see on Saturday.
1: So, softy, this is a game where it's kind of hard to feel who has a a disadvantage because both of these teams are so good on both sides of the ball. Where does this game swing, in your opinion?
0: Well, I just think it's a matter of who can control the passing offense of the other team because you got a team in UW who's got the number one passing offense in college football. They're going up against the number five passing defense in Oregon. But on the other side, Oregon's got the number 10 passing offense in college football. And they're going up against the number 91 passing defense in college football in Washington. Now the numbers are a little skewed because Michael Penix has barely played in the fourth quarter all year long. The starting defense for Washington has barely played in the fourth quarter all year long. They've only had one four quarter game and that was two Saturdays ago against Arizona down there in the desert. So, you know, look, you go back to that Cal game, UW gave up three touchdowns after the score was 52 to 12, for God's sake. So, Things like that have kind of inflated the numbers, I think, on the opposite end a little bit for UW's defense. So we're going to find out. But you know what, man, Smokey, in the end, these two teams really haven't played anybody. I mean, UW beat a really bad Michigan State team on the road. They were leading 41 nothing late third quarter in East Lansing. And Oregon came back and beat Texas Tech, as you know, in Lubbock. And I'm not sure how good the Ra- Raiders are this year. So I don't know if either team has really accomplished much of anything to crow about so far after five games. Softy, how much
1: has home field mattered in this series, and how much do you think it matters on Saturday in a game where two teams seem to be so evenly yeah. built?
0: Well, UW beat them in Eugene last year, and they should have beaten them in 2018, but they missed a 37-yard field goal, and the game uh, ended up going to Oregon. So home field really in the last five or six years hasn't really mattered much, to be totally honest with you. You guys know there was a stretch uh, in the mid 2000 to uh, you know, 2015, 2016, where... Oregon kind of owned UW, right? They had that big, long winning streak, and UW just could not do a damn thing right against the Ducks in that series. And now it's 3-3 in the last six games, and as I said, said should have been 4-2 and two, uh, because UW should have won three in a row from 2016 to 2018. But I'm not sure if home field really means a lot, to be honest with you. There were a lot of Husky fans there in 2016. There's going to be a lot of Oregon fans here tomorrow, or excuse me, Saturday, in Husky Stadium. So it's going to be 70,000 people And I'd say about 15 to 20 percent of them might be Oregon fans, to be honest with you.
2: We just put up a graphic uh, that's from like college football focus on the the toughest remaining schedules among the teams who are ranked in the top 10. And the first three were Pac-12, USC, Washington, and Oregon, because, of course, we know that it's a battering ram. How much fun will this be watching all this unfold?
0: Well, that's the thing is that I'm just concerned the Pac-12 is just going to cannibalize itself, right, and just eat their own when it's all said and done. I mean, UW and Oregon play this weekend, and then Oregon's got Wazoo, Utah, USC, Oregon State, and then UW's got USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. Those are all top 25 teams. they got four top 25 teams left the rest of the way. Oregon State's got a brutal schedule. Wazoo has a brutal schedule. USC has the same schedule. Everybody has a bear in November. Everybody has an absolute gauntlet in November because everybody plays everybody in this conference, man. So it's going to be absolutely a war in the final month of the half of the year. I don't think you're going to see any team in this conference go undefeated. I'm not sure if you'll see a team come out with one loss, to be honest with you. So that's the concern when it comes to putting a Pac-12 team in the Final Four, that the schedule is just too damn hard the rest of the way for anybody to get a guaranteed spot in the Final Four.
2: Softy Mahler with us, KJR in Seattle with us on 365 Sports. Softy, um, everything has come up roses for
1: Washington so far, except for that Arizona, I mean, the Arizona game was a win. Do you credit that to Washington uh, maybe looking ahead a little bit, or is that Arizona's getting
0: better? Well, you saw what Arizona did to USC last week. Yeah. They took them to triple overtime. I'm not saying that USC's got a great defense. As a matter of fact, USC's defense stinks. Their defense is terrible, all right? It's been terrible under Lincoln Riley for the last couple of years. And I think as long as Lincoln Riley's there, you guys know what the guy did at Oklahoma. He never played defense in the Big 12 at Oklahoma. He wants to win every game 51 to 50 for crying out loud. So I just, I'm starting to think this is who this guy is when it comes to building a football team. He, he wants a five hour game, and every game Lincoln Riley coaches, you should bet the over. So I don't think USC is that good. But I also think Arizona is greatly improved. This Fafita kid, the quarterback that took over for Jaden DeLora, he can play. And he played pretty well against the Huskies. But guys, just consider this. In that Arizona game, Washington won. And they were a fumble away at the Arizona four-yard line from going 38-17 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, Michael Penix didn't even throw a touchdown pass in that game. And they still won on the road in Tucson which has been kind of a house of horrors any 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 stadium in the state of Arizona whether Tempe with ASU or Tucson with Arizona has been kind of a pain in the ass for UW to be honest with you so that's one thing I'm not going to miss going to the Big 10 is having to play 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 games in places like that but yeah I mean that was uh, that was a grind man no doubt and I think uh, in the end It might actually prove to be a positive for this game with Oregon because UW had not played a four-quarter game up until then. Now they've got one in their back pocket, and they know how to finish.
1: How much conversation still revolves around the fact that this is the end of the road or have all of the ranked teams and all these big matchups that are still to come? I mean, like looking at Washington's last month, it's all top 25 teams the way it stands right now, and I know that'll change because they'll beat up on each other, but how much... Has uh, some of the talk been about the off the field or has the on the field been so good that it's kind of pushed all that yeah. to the side for right now?
0: Well, no, it's a daily thing with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Pac-2. The Pac-2 is Oregon State and Washington State and Beaver fans and Washington State fans. Don't miss an opportunity to tell Oregon fans and Dub fans how stupid they are for <laughs> going to the Big Ten. Right? I mean, that's a, that's a daily thing on social media. So... You know, and guys, look, it's, it's, it's a move that the Oregon State and Washington State were offered the same move by the Big Ten, they would have been out the door. And anybody who disagrees with that is an idiot, all right? There's just – it's not even worth having the freaking debate, for God's sakes. It's so dumb to even talk about. So, you know, in the end, the Pac-12, the remaining schools, were offered a streaming-only deal on Apple with no guarantee of being on linear TV and they said no, uh, and, and they should have said no, right? I mean, people think about how crappy the Pac-12 rights deal was, you know, two, three years ago. They signed this deal, it's even worse. And when you're desperate like Washington State and Oregon State are, you'll take anything. Because, guys, let's be honest, Oregon State and Wazoo, they're staring at $4 million a year in the Mountain West. That's what they're looking at right now. So they're, they're, they're looking at potentially $20-plus plus million less per year than what they were making in the Pac-12. So I don't blame them for being angry. I don't blame them for being irrational. I probably would be too if I were them. But every single day, uh, this is a UW and Oregon ruined the Pac-12. You, you killed the conference. We could have survived without the L.A. schools, which I disagree with, by the way. But there's not one day that goes by that this move to the Big Ten is not talked about, at least amongst Cougar and Husky fans. The Apple Cup this year, guys, is going to be gnarly. Absolutely <laughs> gnarly. I don't know if you guys have ever been to an Apple Cup in Seattle. This is the year to come. Because they may not play it for a long time after this year.
1: Yeah, I that that's one I have circled on the calendar, Softie. It, it, it's certainly uh, like you said, gnarly is a great great way to describe it. Uh, when you hear things like today coming out about the not the Comcast thing is worse. And right. all like right. you know, the a couple weeks ago the Utah president was the one who pushed the fifty million dollars a year thing. Right. Are you right. does that surprise you? Or are you just like, Yeah, I knew this. This is a poorly run conference.
0: Well, we, we've known that for years that this was a poorly run conference, and we've known for years that the conference presidents were arrogant. We've known for years the conference presidents really don't understand the sports landscape, especially when it comes to college football, and uh, they paid the price for it. I mean, the, uh, the story, again, that Canzano had that Utah's president was looking for $50 million a year. They turned down the latest deal about a year and a half ago from ESPN. I just think there was some arrogance there and they, and they really did not understand how this entire thing, you know, ran Uh, and now they're paying the price for it. So, I think in the end, UW, Oregon, USC, UCLA, hell, I even think schools like Arizona are going to be fine. Arizona is moving into an incredible basketball conference, man. You guys bring an Arizona on in the Big 12 uh, with with, with uh, Arizona's history. Now there's rumors that Gonzaga maybe be uh, moving into the Big 12. That's going to be an unbelievable basketball conference, man. Maybe the best in the country when it's all said and done. So those schools, I think, are going to be just fine. Um, but for schools like Washington State and Oregon State, there's some collateral damage there. And I do worry about, you know, hanging on to coaches and, you know, not having to cut sports and things like that. So I don't blame them for being a little bit irritated, but the the Pac-12 has been a joke for decades, guys. You guys know that. We used to rip on Tom Hansen, who's the former Pac-12 commissioner, Pac-10 commissioner. And then we ripped on Larry Scott. And now we're ripping on George Payoff. What's the, what's the most consistent theme there? The conference president. That's the theme.
2: All right, I I want to give you uh, as long as you want. I know you have your own show right around the corner, but so are you really good fans with fans from Oregon State and Washington State, or you just rile them up whenever you can?
0: So I got some of my closest buddies are Cougar fans. I've got three or four pals of mine, golf buddies of mine, great buddies of mine, almost brothers of mine that are Cougar fans, and I tread lightly around them (laughs) when it comes (laughs) to right. I mean, there's a couple of things you don't want to joke about. You don't want to ever bring up the term it I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that or not, but when the Cougars choke a big lead away in the fourth quarter, you know, 10, 14, 21 points in the fourth quarter, we call that it, okay? Uh, anybody blows anything. It was a big collapse in a basketball game. Oh, you Couged it. The Mariners blow a seven-run lead in the ninth inning. Oh, you Couged it. So you can't bring that up with them, and you can't bring up this whole thing about the uh, Pac-12 and the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC with Stanford and Cal. Every now and then, you'll run into somebody who's a pain in the ass, and you'll tell them, hey, good luck in the big sky next to your pal. They don't like hearing that whatsoever. But my, my buddies that actually I like and I respect, I would never go down that road because I know how much they're hurting, man, with this whole thing. I got a couple of pals that are Oregon buddies, but for the most part, I'm surrounded by way more Cougars than I am Ducks, way more.
2: Last thing, can you try right now to rank the best quarterbacks in the Big 12, uh, in the Pac-12?
0: Yeah, I think Caleb Williams has to be number one as the rating Heisman Trophy winner. I think right behind him is Michael Penix. I think right behind him is Bo Nix. I think right behind him is Cam Ward. I think right behind him is Shadur Sanders. And then I would put a guy like Dante Moore of UCLA. I think Dante Moore is going to be a, a player down the road for the Bruins. DJ Ungalele of Oregon State started off kind of slow, but it's starting to come on. I mean, you kind of feel bad for teams like California and Stanford, who who don't even have a quarterback that's even a household name. Nobody even knows who these guys are. For crying out loud, Noah Afita may be the best quarterback of the four between Arizona, Arizona State, California, and Stanford. But I would put I put Caleb Williams number one right now, and I put Michael Penix two and Bo Nix three.
2: Thank you, Softy. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a great week. Enjoy the game.